welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter, and FunnyBooks and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 155, Motocrush, part of our motorcycle month. Well, hey, and welcome to episode 155 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Yes, we've survived 155 episodes. Uh, That's a this, lot of episodes. It really is, especially considering <laughs> the average podcast lasts eight. Uh, we've done hey! Hey! <laughs> So uh, this week we are starting our month of April, which is our motorcycle month, um, with the first book, which is Motor Crush, which was actually the book I was reading when I texted Todd and said, hey, we should do a book of motorcycle uh, comic books. And so uh, we came up with this list and everyone else is now subject to it. Ha ha. Todd, do you want to introduce this book a little bit since you are the one who turned me on to it? And I'm pretty sure he had it as a recommendation once many moons ago. I'm sure I did. So... Motor Crush, it's an image comic, so it's creator-owned. It's um, It was actually done by the creative team that was doing DC's Batgirl from Burnside. And they were working on that, and then they all decided, you know what, we're done with this, and we're going to go do Motor Crush instead. So all three of them stopped doing the book all at the same time and started up Motor Crush. Oh, cool. And I just bought the second trade today, actually. So, yeah, so it's, um, it takes place in a fictional town um, where racing is king. So you've got these officially sanctioned race, and then she also night races with for extra stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which so, we'll get into. We don't want to spoil everything. So it, it, it's stuff. And every time I read this book, though, I've watched too much How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Because oh, yes. Yeah, so my... my because you're drinking well, game. Well, my drinking, game. drinking game. Yeah, but yeah. it's... Um, the protagonist is female. Uh, funny note, on, yeah. side note, on watching Too Much How I Met Your Mother, uh-huh. if you've been watching Doom Patrol, uh, Rita, Elastigirl, is mm. Crazy Meg. Oh! Wow. <laughs> okay. I haven't watched Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> it's only relevant to Todd and me and Adam. Well, but so here's the deal. I wanted you? to watch that, but like literally I just turned in my last paper for my first semester of grad school today. So I have like two weeks off to like catch up on everything. So I'm going to like try to read a bunch of comics. I'm going to try to watch Umbrella Academy. Like I'm going to have my own little two week con where I'm just going to try to like sh- <laughs> shove all the pop culture that I've missed. Street, for the last streaming Binge all the things. Yeah. Binge con. Things. Binge con 2019. <laughs> Woo. Yes. Um, but okay, you're still well, looking to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah, Cause we're not 18 job. anymore. Well, and well, I, I <laughs> Well, I know you do have access to the DC app because because of a guy, you know. Huh? I know, and I, I might take you up on that now. That and, and, if, and if Jason wants to use it too, Jason, Jason uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? I know a I know a guy. Yeah, I, I might take you up on that at least for two weeks so that I can catch up. I, I, is the uh, is the Teen Titans still on there? or Did they take that off? No, it's always on there. That's there. That's their original programming. So. Okay, I just didn't know because I knew it was going to come to Netflix. I didn't know if they'd taken it off first. No, it's on. It's on Netflix internationally, where the app doesn't exist. Oh, it's also why a lot of people get confused with Star Trek Discovery and say, "Why does it say it's on Netflix?" Because outside of the U.S., the CBS All Access app doesn't exist. So that's where they put it outside of the U.S. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm really hoping I get sent to a foreign country so that I can watch Netflix <laughs> in a foreign country. Also, that's this, what VPNs are for. Yeah. There's that too. Although Netflix is pretty good at catching you if you're using mm-hmm. a VPN and will lock your account until you turn the VPN off. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, really? Fun fact. I know a guy that used to work there. I know a guy who does. <laughs> well, all these things are very interesting, but we are also here to talk about comic books. Uh, but, of course, we can't uh, talk about comic books unless we uh, introduce the panel. I cannot talk today. Holy shit. Um, but we will start out with the three Utes. Uh, Ute number one, we have Mr. Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast and the occasional... English Class Hooligans podcast. I know. We are terrible at trying to get that thing. Hi, right. Amy. See, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we have, have uh, see, successfully done some Pavlovian things. So, yeah. So, see me. Say hi. And mute number two, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, everyone. Uh, doing stuff sometimes maybe with uh, the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, hi Andy. Andy. Hi, Andy. Uh, and over at Cinema Queens with our good friend, Mr. Chris. Hi, Chris. He's not my Chris, friend. Chris. Well, fuck you. Uh, Hi, <laughs> Chris. As we record this, we uh, so we we did miss a couple episodes with my being up in Boise and shit, but we did hit our one year mark. Congratulations! Hey. Hey. Yeah, so, hey. so one year, and then um, as we record this, we're in the we're you know by the magic of time travel, we're in, still in March, so we're doing Drag Queen Month, which has been kind of fun because mm-hmm. yeah, nice. drag queens are always fun. Uh, and then when this comes out, I have no clue what the fuck we're doing, so. Nice. We will figure that out as we go. So I was just thinking, saying the average podcast is about eight episodes. So if we were to do our podcast numbering as if it was one of the big two numbering, we would restart every eight episodes on a new number one. Get out. So (laughs) volume 19, episode three. Uh, yeah, that's why they have seasons now. Actually, <laughs> interestingly enough, that's actually uh, so when I, I I edit Cinema Queens and Audacity, and at the end you go and you put all your tags and stuff in, and uh, the last episode we did was our first one for the new year, our second year, so I got to call it season two. Season two, nice. but yeah. Season two. So and then we can go to this new method for a while, and then go back to the original numbering screen when it's two hundred, and then decide people are too scared to start and go back to number one again. And then we'll retcon it and go to a podcast about raccoon hats. There we go. Isn't that how things go, Maya? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so inside baseball. Geekiest damn quite like joke ever. Like, and, and then we'll move to the Star Wars numbering, which is four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the off issues. Are they just like its own thing, but it's still included with the total amount? And then we'll go to the Arrested and Development one, where we'll do individual episodes with just one person on it. Okay. Oh, I'm getting a mic. Right <laughs> but on a positive note, James Gunn has been hired again, so that's all we matters. That's true, because he was going to go broke and uh, be on the <laughs> yeah, That's really good. Uh, yeah, that's right. right. Ute number three. We have, <laughs> <laughs> we have developing a headache. We have Mr. Maya. You know, third introduced, but first in your hearts. I'm Jeremiah. Uh, or Mr. Maya. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. Um, you can also catch me once again in the state of Utah, at least in Salt Lake City for the moment. Uh, I'm a local pro wrestler again. Yay! Yay! Uh, if you want to check out our check out our shows, uh, check out ucw0.com, and that's all spelled out, uh, no numbers. 
or look us up look us up on Facebook. And yeah, our next show is April thirteenth, I believe. Uh, so yeah, come see me do the wrestles. I do want to say I rather enjoyed your Maya Festo. <laughs> cool. And then, of course, we have in Hollywood, one of the Hollywood elite, Mr. Jason. Oh, God, that introduction. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm Jason. I'm an unemployed writer in Los Angeles. Uh, but instead of continuing to bore people with my resume, I'll just say uh, by the time this episode comes out, the WGA will be negotiating, uh, we're still negotiating with the uh, ATA, which is the Union of Talent Agents. Um, and by April 6th, uh-huh. if they have not come to a new agreement or a new code of conduct, the uh, writers will probably be firing all of their agents in mass. Uh, and uh, Ooh, as fun. a writer in Los Angeles, I support the WGA in their efforts. <laughs> so it should be Hashtag support the WGA. Yeah. Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. I am doing three shows for the Lyric this summer. And by the time this comes out, um, I will hopefully know what panels I'm doing at Fanex, but I will be there. I'm on their website, as, and it says that I'm appearing both days. So apparently I have panels both days. Uh, they used my bio and my photo from the year before, which is pretty weird. I, it's, it's very strange to go look yourself up on a website and realize that you're there. Uh, so I did that, uh, which is kind of strange. Uh, so yeah, so uh, by all means, if you're at FanX, we'd love to say hi to you. I know that Todd will probably be around at some point mm-hmm. in time uh, with me. And we're trying to talk Jason into coming out as well. Um, but uh, come hang out and say hey and uh, you know, love to meet anybody. Hey, uh, cool. Uh, so, Todd, what is the myification for Motor Crush? Fast bikes. I promise you it's not gone in 60 seconds or Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I also love at the bottom of the book, it says action, adventure, sci-fi, future sports. Future sports. Future. Yeah. Future. As opposed what? to fewer sports. And it makes no comment whatsoever about Canadian pricing. It does so, not. Yeah. I think more like books being printed now are getting rid of that because no one gives a fuck about yeah. Canada. <laughs> well, I think the exchange rates probably leveled out a little bit. The views of Todd are not expressed <laughs> by Todd. Oh, they're all too busy apologizing for Justin Trudeau's bad behavior. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Sorry about that. No, very sorry about that. Not sorry us. about that. Sorry That's about how that. it goes. Anyway, so uh, we do this every week. So if you listen to us more than once, you probably are not surprised by this. But we can't go into a book without a drinking game. So does everybody have the drinking yes. game ready? Yes. Well, then let's start out with Mr. Adam. So my drinking game is called Ad Revenue. Uh, so, you know, throughout the book, the thing pops up where it's like WGP alert or WGP presents. Click here for more information. And when that happens, you take a drink. You're a mean man. Nice. I'm surprised no one else took that uh, one, actually. Cause I was like, I was like, that's like the most obvious one. No, the most obvious one was coming up next, which I believe was Mr. Jason's. That was yeah, the most I'm obvious. Yeah, I'm also realizing mine is a little bit of a spoiler. Well, too. do it. Okay. Uh, so a little bit. It, it, okay, hold on. Spoiler warning. Yes. If you are afraid of a spoiler, press the. There's a little button on your uh, iTunes that fast forwards ten seconds. Press that like right about now. So it's called crushing hard every time Domino takes a hit of Crush, which is the drug in the book, uh, through her inhaler or straight. Take a drink. So we got that in within ten seconds, so you didn't miss anything. It wasn't spoiled. You're we did welcome. that for you because we love you. I'm gonna go with mine, which is inquiring minds want to know every time the cat ball wants to record a post, take a drink. It'll make more sense when you. Read the book. 
Uh, that one's not nearly as evil as it sounds. Uh, and then, of course, Mr. Todd, who is referencing this week How I Met Your Mother. Mr. Todd, take it away. It's called a flail. <laughs> so every time you see a flail, it just ripped me right out of this book. And I'm just thinking of Ted with that, you know, shitty brand. Mr. Maya, what is your drinking game rule? So I wanted to go last because I'm going to shoehorn this into a, uh, I, I picked two songs for this book. Uh, and one song goes along with my drinking game. And uh, the drinking game is Oh, Domino. Uh, basically, anytime they say the main character's name, uh, either Domino or Dom, take a drink. And uh, yeah. Do you have to say Oh, Domino whenever you drink? Oh, every time, every time you drink it. As you're taking the shot, you have to say. You know, to go along with that, so I'm going to include a third song with you. So I'm volunteering you about a third song you're choosing. And it's Lola. So you go, oh, Domino. And then when you see Lola, it's Lola. Yoda? Yeah, that's Who sings Lola? Is that Eric Clapton? I don't know. No, it's, hang on. I'll get back to you. Okay. I don't know that band. No, Lola is Eric Clapton. Okay, that's right. Like the original is Lola. Right. Yoda is the weird out cover of Lola. <laughs> no, Yoda's a weird out cover of a different. It's not Eric Clapton's Lola that it's covering. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's covering a different song. That's where I was getting confused. Okay. Yeah. Are you using the Eric Clapton one or are you using the other one? Oh, no. No, no. Eric Clapton is Layla. Oh, right. Okay. So then. Deleting that out. Who, who does Lola? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Up. Maybe Todd just missed it entirely. Well, Todd also didn't give me. No, it is the Kinks. Yes, I did. The Kinks. Oh yeah. But no, my uh, song yeah, is right in there. Okay, well, well, shoehorning this in, we'll jump into playlists because Mr. Maya has a lot to say about this subject, so we'll let you go with it, Mr. Maya. You get to take oh. uh, take over. Okay, so so I did have. Uh, now I'm totally blanking. I did have Domino by Van Morrison because I thought it fit. And the other one that I picked was Crush, Crush, Crush by Pyramid. Okay, and then, of course, now your third song, Voluntold to You by Todd, is... That's Todd's second song. Oh, is that Todd's second <laughs> song now? He got Voluntold. It's too late now. Okay, well, Todd, what's your first song? My first song is Leader of the Pack. Bye. I don't know. It came out like 60 fucking years ago. <laughs> I know, but I was going to write it down. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> then, Todd, what is your second one? Oh, that's the only one I've got. Maya's the one with three. Fuck you. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> Lola. By the Kinks. By the Kinks. Okay, thank you. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Jason, what is your, drink? Uh, what is your playlist song? My, my song is called I Got the Juice by Janelle Monet. Um, I'm doing uh, The Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. And Mr. Adam, last but certainly not least, what is your uh, uh, song? Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Cool. Uh, so, does anybody have any final warnings before we let people run off and read? Oh, we have to do votes. Duh. We totally missed out on votes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, we're vote on to whether or not we believe it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to go and find this book and give it a read. Uh, what is your vote, Mr. Jason? Yes. Mr. Todd? Yeah. Mr. Adam? Uh, a halfway yes. Okay. Mr. Maya? Eh, neither here nor there. 
Okay. I'm a yes. I actually went and bought the second book, but uh, yeah. Okay. But we'll get into the gory details later. Now, do we have any final warnings before we let people go and uh, read this book for themselves? If pastels offend you, it's not for you. Does pastels offend? Uh, Well, then what we'll do is we'll let you uh, go take a little bit of a break. And uh, if you want to pause, you have time to then read this book and then press play. Uh, But just before warned, we're going to spoil this as soon as we get back from our little break and play a little advertisement from one of our Hello Sweetie podcast partners. So we will talk to you on the flip side. While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts. Hi, everybody. This is Matt. And I'm Trevor. We're the co-hosts of the Nighthawks podcast, a movie podcast for people who like to stay up late. We've just joined the Hello Sweetie podcast network, expanding our podcast empire and bringing the world to its knees. Take a seat in the Nighthawks diner with us. We're going to talk to you about movies. We've got new movies, old movies, movies we love, movies nobody loves. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. Hey, that was pretty good. Do you think they'll listen? Uh, The good ones always do. Okay, I'm voluntolding Todd that he's doing the uh, summary for this book. <laughs> you know, I really kind of deserve that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Damn, I was all set. I had thought about it already to say not it. <laughs> See, that's where it keeps things. And See, I was going to do nose goes and just like let you guys guess who did it. <laughs> nope, we're yeah. voluntolding Todd. So, Mr. Todd, do you want to give us a summary? Uh, you know, I, I really, yeah, I, that, that's cool. <laughs> So I, I really do deserve that. I learned that voluntold was like my word of the year last year. I heard that and like, you know, there's uh, that portmanteau is perfect and real. And I totally get that word. So I don't try not to overuse it. But every now and then you're like, I just voluntold you to do this. Actually, honey. <laughs> That's another portmanteau. Yeah. All right. So motor crush. So Motor Crush, it starts out as you've got Domino Swift as the main character. It opens up. You see her on a bike with a bat with a bunch of nails sticking out. So all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, starting out, you know, she's a bit of a badass. And she's getting ready to um, race down a thing. She makes a big appearance. She's screaming through. She says hi to some of these other gentlemen. And she's like, oh, the bike needs some work. And they're like, we can help you out. You're a good guy. She goes to race. She wins a race, and there's more talking with her dad, which acts to be running the bike shop. She's talking to some fans, and as this goes on, you see her racing again at night. Um, This one is much edgier, and people are trying to beat the shit out of each other, and they're talking a lot of smack and shit. But since our main character is awesome, she wins, and say wins the day, and she gets her prize, which happens to be a vial of... Three vials of Crush. And and what is Crush, sir? Crush is... It's an orange drink. An orange yeah. drink. <laughs> a narcotic for machines. And say. humans alike. And humans alike. They saw one guy that was cheating. And so they dump a whole vial into him. And he uh, goes crazy. He gets all veiny. Then he blows up. It's a lot better than Zydrate. Zydrate? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with that one. Nah, Repo the Genetic Opera. So. Oh, you know, I kind of liked that movie, but I can't really. The sequel it. was horrible. They made I didn't a sequel. Know there was a sequel. It was like yeah. it was this. It was so it was a musical by the same people. It's like the Devil's Carnival, and it was god awful. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. that. Shit. Horrible. Oh, I you know with, I kind of liked it, but I didn't really like it. I love it. Continue. 
right. Sorry, I was just thinking of Paris Hilton again, and I don't. Know but her why. face falls off. That's why I was thinking of Paris Hilton. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> All her best movies, she dies or her face falls off. That and House of Wax. What else? Yeah, I say House, House of Wax. wax. She dies. <laughs> I'm watching to watch her die. So, as I'm sitting next to my dear old cinema queen next to me. Hi. Hey. So, okay. So, the buddy dies, and she realized the buddy stole her, um, that works in the shop, her stash she had been building up of crush, and she's like, well, shit, I've got nothing now. I'm in trouble. Dad, our buddy is gone. Going through here, she's like, I really need some. She goes to steal it from those that took him back. She's running away. And she does her biker skills because when it's a book about biking, it's always biking is the answer. So there's a family season. And going through that, hiding, she uh, guzzles a bunch of crush. And she goes, oh, it's so um, she's going through it again. And they're like, hey, we have to be doing this. We're about broke as a bike shop doing your thing. So she goes to an ex named Lola who is in trouble. She's like, I'll help you out. And she says, but you're a bad ex. And she's like, I know I'm a piece of shit. But I still have a heart of gold. I just behave badly. <laughs> and is that about right, Jason? Right? See? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So heart of gold, just behave badly. Yeah. So Jason, I mean, sorry, Jason. Lola <laughs> runs away with them. Um, they come in. She sees this new guy. He says, hey, I'm here to help you out from these bad guys, but I'm mysterious and you need to know more about me. So I'll kind of help you, but keep you on the hook so you want to know more. They go to race, and then the people that own the WGP are running it, saying, hey, we're going to fuck the shit out of Lola. She says, well, I'll race, and if I win, no more debt for her, and if I lose, you can then own me. And they laugh maniacally and say, that sounds like a deal. Oh, I was such a horrible racist joke I could throw in there, but I'm not going to. Don't so. do that. <laughs> not in this day and age. You don't do that. So she goes in, so you got that on myself. <laughs> Can you tell Todd's become a dad? Like, <laughs> what? That was a great dad response. We don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Not gonna do it. <laughs> yes, that is absolutely true in all of these things. So as they're going back through, Lola builds her a better bike. As she's racing through, they go to fight. She has another night race. And sorry, I'm going through here. And she ends up doing the big ray as going right here. She's helped out. Her dad gets Lola disappears. And dad, sorry, dad disappears as he hears about her origin. Going through, it's like, what about me? I know you're not my actual dad. It's like, where do I You're really? not my dad. You're not my real dad. I am your father. But you're not my real dad. Yes, I am. We behave like father daughter so that's what we are including uh, the spankings including the spankings mm -hmm. you don't see the spankings here that's what lola was for yes so because you know lola is a dom top absolutely yes there's no doubt in my mind and apparently she's not just a rad biker she's a rad skateboarder too because she's just yeah. edgy and cool that way <laughs> so lots of pastels then you know they're going to talk serious because there's a nighttime scene she learns about her oranges. Or, or, her oranges. Oranges. Mm -hmm. Her oranges. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of orange in this book. There is. Pastel mm -hmm. is beautiful. You've got the it's floating diamond. It's a perfect diamond. Easter book. It <laughs> is. The floating diamond upside down pyramid. And are we watching the movie Oblivion again? That's actually a feminine symbol. A what? That's a feminine symbol. The upside down triangle. Pyramid. It's still it's upside down triangles. As well. It's still feminine. It's the chalice. Go Babs. So... 
and they're going back through. She gets in. She's running the race. She's no, she saves her dad because Lola is smart with things and rebuilds this. She takes too much crush and she super zooms to another place. And going, wow, that was trippy. She walks in and Lola goes, Babs, you've been gone for two years. You just showed up. And she's like, what the fuck? Dun, dun, dun. Yep, yeah, that's how it ends. Oh, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Well, Mr. Maya, you were on the fence on this one, so I'm curious as what your complaints are. Uh, I don't really have complaints. Uh, this just, to me, as I was reading this book, there's nothing that really wowed me, but nothing I really hated. Uh, okay. To me, it was like, I'm kind of curious to, up until like the last little bit, the last mm -hmm. few, few pages kind of made me want to at least check out the next volume. Uh -huh. um, but kind of going through the rest of the book kind of just felt like going through the motions to me. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really, there's nothing I really loved or disloved about this book. It was just kind of, kind of there. Well, and so, like, I felt like there's some interesting world building going on there. Like, this world was sort of obsessed with racing, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, almost sort of had, like, a... But I think, for me, the graphic style of it is what I really loved. That um, sort of, like, that that newsprint dotted sort of uh, shading that I really... Like, I thought it was really cool in this book. It's got, a like, that touch of nightly news. Well, and, and when yeah, it comes to the bit. art, I really love Cameron Stewart. And, uh, mm -hmm. no, that, that, to me, was the strongest part of the book, was the art. Yeah. And then, and it's kind of, for me. It's interesting too because since we're doing Akira later this month, there's a lot from the Akira anime with like with the motorcycles zooming around, like the light trail uh -huh. following them. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. very reminiscent of that, even though we haven't read the book. Oh, I've read it yet, but it was very reminiscent of the of the anime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, there's definitely some references to that, which I mean, it, it makes logical sense because it is sort of the Godfather of motorcycle anime type thing, I guess. Um, sure. So Babs Tar also is um, known for a lot of her love of anime as well. That artist, oh, so. okay. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Well, and that, that definitely makes sense. Yeah. You can see the, the connection there. Mm -hmm. so. The big expressive eyes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It has a little bit of anime style to it, even visually. Mr. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? So I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Maya. I mean, like the for me, the first couple issues were just kind of ho-hum. I mean, yeah, we got this, you know, we got Domino. She's doing some motorcycles. She's addicted to this drug that everyone's on, apparently, who's motorcycle riding. And then, you know, she has that one scene where we see the guy who gets overdosed with it and his head blows up and she does it and she's fine. So, you know, there's something unique about her. It just, it didn't, that it just again, like, yeah, again, the art was cool, but I really didn't give a shit. And then when she's uh, fleeing Lola's business with her and all of a sudden like the guy shows up and it's like, oh, you're someone who you don't know and blah, blah, blah. It got a little bit more interesting and it was kind of fun to see Domino talk with her father and find out the true story of, you know, where she came. Well, the true story of where she came from, not so much who she is. And that's when I kind of picked up and became interesting. And then the final thing with uh, the biker who had her, you know, her dad hooked up and he's like, you know, you can, you know, you need to move fast to get him. And it ends on a good cliffhanger to be like, you know, it, it's very much like, you know, the end of, I'd say like a mid-season finale of a TV series where you're like, oh shit, like you thought you should move fast, but you didn't realize it was like, you know, two years had gone by. Um, mm -hmm. And much the same as it was last week, this feels like a, a movie or something I've seen before, too. It's a very overused trope, but at the same time, it is interesting. It makes me kind of want to read more. But at the same time, I was never really invested enough to want to go read more. Like So, yes, mm -hmm. there's a cool little hook at the end, 
it's not enough to make me go out there and buy the next trade. Do you think if you're like a motocross fan, that would change things? I think if you're a motocross fan, you would like, a, you know, if, if you also like, like sci-fi movies and that kind of stuff or lesbians, it's got everything. <laughs> and again, and I, I, I can't blame the artwork at all. The artwork's fantastic. It's my favorite part of this whole book. I just, by the time it kind of reeled me in to give a shit, it was too late and I just couldn't give a full shit. I hate okay. when I can't give a full shit. I know. I just have to go back later and wipe twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another so I'm going to ask you a few questions about this Adam Okay. so as we're going through this and I'm going to put on my questioning and you're going to put on your hat here so we did talk about that um, Domino and Lola they are in a lesbian relationship Lola is very much white and Domino is very much not white she's much darker skin does any of that feel forced or tacked on or how natural of a feeling because oftentimes there's like oh they just decided to do this to the character well the moment they met you could tell they were a couple at one point in time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if we're going to be, you know, completely honest and go by stereotypes, Domino's very much a butch lesbian. I mean, the way mm-hmm. she acts, dresses, cuts her hair. And they, again, stereotypes are bullshit, but first, in some senses, they do make sense and work out. Uh, so the moment they met and like the way they had that uh, kind of bitter reaction towards each other, you could tell it was, it wasn't that a friendship um, fell apart. It was more of a relationship. So when mm-hmm. that was kind of brought to light, that was like, oh, hey, we used to be, you know, going out. It wasn't a surprise at all. And honestly, it didn't really feel forced because the way they reacted to it was pretty natural. And yes, Maya, they do scissor. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't feel it was forced. And again, I think that it was it was nice. But I always love in the media when you have a same-sex couple and it just brought like, oh, hey, casually mentioned we used to date or the relationship fell apart. And it doesn't become the driving force of who that character is. So right. just because these characters were either lesbian or bisexual it's not their whole point of who they are. It's just like, this is part of my story. This is where I'm coming yeah. from. And this is how it's going to kind of bend and bridge the narrative going forward with our relationship as almost like frenemies. And then, the, you know, they don't hate each other, but there was a big falling out. You can tell there's still open wounds there to where Lola thinks, and you can kind of see they're trying to re- kind of rebuild what happened without trying to, it's just, it's kind of happening organically mm-hmm. by their having to interact because Lola's at the mercy of these crime Lords as is Domino after a while. So no, that didn't feel like it was panned at all. It felt like a very natural part of the story and a very, it wasn't a surprising part of the story, I guess what I'm looking for. Okay. Because when I originally had mentioned this, because as we do Pride Month every mm-hmm. year or whatnot, sometimes you're on, we're on the lookout for, uh, you know, what would be a good fitting. I totally spaced the existence of that relationship in this book. And it just felt, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, this is a pride book. This is a book and that just happened to be in there. And as I was reading it again, I'm like, I didn't even remember to think of that. That's true, yeah. I think also, with, you know, with, with the exception of that one we did last year with the, uh, and even that it had very queer sensibility through it, was the, it was the detective in San Francisco. Fogtown. Fogtown, that's what it was. Uh, most of the books that we've done for Pride Month have a very high emphasis on that these characters are queer. Right. In, in the story. So... This being more subtle, I don't know if I would have put it up there as a pride book, but uh, again, it is good to see representation, especially mm-hmm. lesbians, because you don't always see the lesbian representation. You see a lot of the more of the gay male or this and that. Right. Or if it is lesbian representation, is very titillating. It's all about the sex. It's all about, oh, two women making out, ha, 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 or scissoring his mind. Is doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, so again, having having same-sex couples, especially lesbians, who are relying on the fact that it's just part of who they are, not 100% who they are. And we're not here to show you tits and ass eating pussy. That's always a good thing. 
Okay. Because, yeah, it was part of it. There was a subtlety to it, but it was also not a, you have to read between the lines to go, oh, you see what was or wasn't said there. Oh, no, it's like one line. Right. It's very much, you know, just, again, presented matter-of-factly, and here you go. So Their relationship was actually my favorite part of the book and the reason why I kept... Uh, reading. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a sucker for a good sci-fi story, uh, and I love the colors. And I just kept wanting to look at the pages. And it it is a little not stereotypical, but it it is uh, it doesn't really break the bounds of the kind of story that's trying to to tell. But I did end up uh, caring about Domino and Lola and their relationship and why they had a falling out uh, more so than a lot of other things. So I'm definitely curious to to read how that evolves and changes as it goes forward. Sure. And really to talk about the characters and the relationships, the other big one is um, Domino and her dad. And yeah. the dad telling the story of her origin. I found her. He went to his brother for help. Then he went off for a minute, came back, and he realized his brother died. Mm-hmm. And the only family he has left is this little girl that he has found. So the um, Domino's... Um, defining relationships between dad and his girl it's um really quite sweet and it's they don't have much but they do have each other yeah and it's all the more mm-hmm. heartbreaking every time domino says you're not my real father yeah because yeah. he's um he's lost everything else for her and he doesn't seem to regret it one bit yeah but it is it's still hard to swallow and watch well and see and one thing too i i you know as someone who was adopted you know that i always do life stories about that because you know my parents are very open and honest you know i knew since i was a can I remember that, hey, this is what happened. You know, you, your mom couldn't take care of you, so we, we adopted you, this and that. And I remember I had kids in, like, mainly elementary school who didn't understand that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they're not your real parents. I'm like, no, they're my real parents. Just because I didn't come out of their pussy doesn't mean I'm not their real parents. <laughs> right. You know, and obviously I didn't say that when I was a kid because right. I didn't even know what put a pussy past, was. Right? <laughs> you know, I, was like, I was sucking dicks before I knew what being gay was. So uh, I was very sheltered <laughs> as a child. Uh, but no, I, I do like the fact that, you know, the, the way shipping her and her father, and he specifically says, you know, this is my daughter. It's not like, oh, I'm like her substitute father mm-hmm. or she's my substitute daughter. It's like, this is very much our relationship and who we are. Yeah. So. So what I am, and I guess coming back to this again, impressed with the writing that I enjoy is we've got this main character. And if you're going to start listing attributes to this character of a minority of some form, that she's female, she's not white, she's adopted, she is not heterosexual. And in so many ways, it seems it if it was handled well enough, it all felt extremely natural to me mm-hmm. and very fitting. And in some ways, it could have just come across as this terrible cliche. No, and I, I, my graduates for the book have nothing to do with that. In fact, they, right, they right. presented all those facets of her character very, very well. They, they did. So, um, so the story wasn't catching, but I think what was... As she was doing it, it felt very natural. There was nothing off-putting or felt forced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really worth um, commenting on the writing is that went very well. No, oh, no, I, I, I will so, get yeah. points for that. And included one more minority because uh, they first show her using the... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, and Porsche. The what? What, using... Yeah, Sorry. the, uh, the uh, thing for asthma. Oh, the inhaler. Thank you. Jesus Christ. So she's using the inhaler. Oh, and she's poor. Right. But the fact she's that she's, drugs. But the fact right. that she's using this inhaler and it ends up being her strength at the end, I think that's a really, uh, really nice flip on things. Because usually you see someone with an inhaler or breathing problem, it's, it's something they just sort of have to struggle with and get through. But in this, it's, it's her strength. Mm-hmm. So we're adding asthma to the list of... Uh, 
minority traits. Yes. Although I don't know. I don't know. I, I grew up with asthma. I felt like a lot of people had asthma, but that's just me. Uh, well, it's like when you buy a red car, every car you see, you notice all the red cars. Like, oh, they're everywhere. Probably true. Yeah, it's probably true. So, so but it's, well, Mr. Jason, what are your thoughts? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, um, I, I don't think we could uh, discuss the art style enough. Um, it's just uh-huh. vibrant and beautiful. And um, yeah, I mean, it. it it has a certain sense of um, warmth because there's so much of that pink color to it, but it's very mm-hmm. um, charged. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just there's a lot of personality to it. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I was struck at the most, uh, disregarding all of the colors, were the eyebrows of the characters and how expressive they are. Every single mm. frame is just is just really well done. Okay. Yeah. They're cool. And, you know, and for uh, um, would you say their eyebrows are on fleek? I actually, <laughs> I actually would. I actually would. Fleek as fuck, right? <laughs> so he does live in a Hollywood. So yeah, their, their eyebrows are just eating all over the place. <laughs> so and with the art, I mean, with the nature of comics, it's a very um, static medium and. We talked a little bit about the Akira-inspired trails of these mm-hmm. bikes, but mm-hmm. on the pages, just that is one. It's very much quite kinetic, mm-hmm. and it's I got think, the big yeah. lambs and the pangs and the room, and it's it doesn't feel like cheesy Batman '66 stuff camp either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really straddles the line. It's using all of these things, and it's straddling well, and it's balanced well enough. You feel the action and everything going through, and really maximizing what the medium can do. But it doesn't. It it all just flows so well. It's just really well done. The balancing, the framing. I mean, the person doing the colors had so much fun, and there was so much personality there. And but yeah, it's all really good. And it's. I mean, you've got the dad with a peg leg, and I can't decide if it's just a peg or it looks like a hacksaw. Is what his peg leg is. I thought it was at first like a knife or something like that. So, did you guys decide what that looks like? Because if it's like a you know a hacksaw, that's just kind of awesome and fun. The character design. I'm looking for that again. Looking, it doesn't yeah. look like a saw, but it looks like it is some sort of uh, peg leg with a spring. Or is that suspension? Maybe it's a suspension. It's, I was going to say it's probably yeah. something car related. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it could be car related too. Sure. Or, or vehicle related. So, and it gives it like an extra futuristic type of a look. So, in um, some ways, it was kind of reminiscent of Cowboy Bebop. Yes, me. 100%. So, and I absolutely fell in love with that show. But yeah, you've got this feeling it's very much in the future, yet things still feel tired and worn out. So, it's like almost the mm-hmm. anti Star Trek of a lot of things there. A little bit. So, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And they're, the character designs, the futuristic clothing, it's like, you know, I kind of buy that look. At the same time, it's not like, oh, look, they're just wearing um, foil outfits, kind of yeah. fu- future. So, yeah, I mean, the, the packaging for all of this was done super well. And I just had a whole lot of fun with it. The other thing I was reading up on, they had two volumes out. Then they canceled the solicit for the 11th or 12th issue. And then they announced they're changing format and they stopped doing single issues. And their next trade is just going to drop as an entire trade without floppies. Oh, is it? Yeah. They're like, no more floppies. We're not being stuck to the 22 page um, 
format and having to have a whole story is like they're they're looking for some more room to breathe and they're storytelling. That actually, I think, will help a lot because I, I as much as I did enjoy the book, um, part of my frustration was that it felt like they were moving through some really big moments uh, pretty quickly. I think the, the one in particular that stuck out to me was uh, when Domino asks her father, why won't you tell me where I come from? It just comes out of nowhere. Before that, there's no real reason why the reader would think that she's different from everyone else. Um, even when she when she takes the drug, that's not even a clear indication that there is something um, more different uh, about her. Um, yeah, it just it, it just felt like it was a very abrupt change of the uh, scene dynamic. You know, I, I was kind of lukewarm on the book. Um, but thinking about it more and more, I think I would probably be more interested in this as like a TV show than... I think it'd be a really fascinating oh, yeah. TV show for oh, yeah. sure. Okay, that's it. That's all I had. Yeah. Does it was a TV show? <laughs> well, cool. Uh, does anybody else have any more thoughts they want to bring up? I want to bring out uh, the announcer of the first uh, cannonball race. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone else caught mm-hmm. on to this, but when the announcer is talking, it's there's a lot of uh, slant rhymes and uh, lyricism to it. Oh, I, read that part out. Oh, okay. I was really impressed with that. I just like it a lot. Yeah, I, I was reading that, yeah. and then I had to read that to my little infant, and she just looked at me going, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She'll get it eventually. She just didn't appreciate yeah. it? No, not yet. I was too white probably to say it out loud, though. It's like... <laughs> well, do you want to jump into cocktails? Sure. Uh, okay. Mr. Adam, do you want to go first? Um, yes. So my cocktail, uh, I actually renamed it to uh, Crush and Burn. So this one, you take a shaker full of ice. You add two ounces of dark rum, one ounce of triple sec, two ounces of light rum, one ounce of 151, one ounce of lime juice, one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of pineapple juice, one tablespoon of grenadine, um, and you can do one tablespoon of almond syrup or like one teaspoon of almond extract, just kind of for the almond flavor. You shake the shit out of it, you strain into a glass full of ice, you garnish with a pineapple chunk, and then you have your one drink and you are going to crash and burn because of all the alcohol in it. So that looks like a tiki version of a Long Island. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah, but just more rum based. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your cocktail? Uh, so mine is called a Vibrant Vixen, uh, and it requires a very particular kind of liqueur called the uh, Vinique Original Liqueur, which I'd never heard of before, uh, which is apparently a blend of vodka, Moscato, and natural flute flavors. Flute um, flavors? As well as some sort of glit... Excuse me. Fruit flavors. Fruit. Oh, okay. So I heard flute, fruit and I was like, what is a flute flavor? I probably, I probably spoke too quickly. Oh. So natural fruit flavors, as well as uh, some sort oh, of... I've had any. Appearance. It looks like a symbiote. <laughs> In the oh, bottle, okay. it like okay. swirls yeah, around and is, yeah, it looks like a symbiote. It looks cooler than it tastes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you want to take uh, two lemon wedges and 10 to 15 mint leaves, muddle the lemons and mint together at the bottom of a tall glass, add the vinique and, uh, excuse me, three ounces of vinique and one ounce of soda water, stir thoroughly, and then garnish with a mint mm-hmm. sprig and enjoy. Or just look or at just it because it probably it. looks cooler than it tastes. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'm going to go with mine. Mine is called Motor Oil. This is a little shot. It is one ounce of Jägermeister, a half ounce of peppermint schnapps, a half ounce of Goldschlager, and a half ounce of Malibu. You pour the Jäger into a triple shot glass, add the peppermint schnapps, then the Goldschlager, so you're laying these on top of each other, and then you top with the Malibu, and then you just take it as a shot. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is so, your... If it's in a triple shot glass, it's not just a little shot. It's not, no. 
but uh, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, Mr. Todd, do you want to go next with your cocktail? Sure. Mine's called Turbo. Is the name of this drink. Um, so it's got a half ounce of a black currant liqueur. So like a cream de cassis is good. Eight ounces of a dry hard cider, eight ounces of a light lager. And, um, what you're going to do is you're going to put the liqueur in the bottom of a chilled pint glass. And then you're going to pour in the cider and the lager on top. And then you take a sprig of rosemary to garnish it. And then a little blackberry as well. And then you serve that immediately. So you've got a nice black darkness right at the bottom with the cider and the lager beer just mixed together on top. Cool. Uh, and then, Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? Uh, I'm calling mine the Crush Cocktail, uh, but it has another name. It's called an El Guapo. Uh, it's two ounces of tequila, half an ounce of pear syrup, uh, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, ginger beer, and a lim- lime wedge for garnish. You're going to shake the tequila, the pear syrup, and the lime juice uh, with ice in a shaker. Strain it into a rocks glass filled with fresh ice, and then top it with a ginger beer and garnish with a lime wedge. Nice. Hmm. I like me some ginger. I bet that pear syrup adds some good sweetness in a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be good. Cool. Uh, does anybody else have any extra parting thoughts before we move on to final grades? Okay. Guess not. Guess not. <laughs> Uh, cool. <laughs> then let's uh, jump into final grades for this book. Uh, for self-contained, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? I mean, it obviously continues on uh, beyond this, uh, so I'm going to give it like a C. Okay. Mr. Todd? Yeah, it's a C. Okay. Mr. Jason? Uh, mine is an F. It definitely okay. just <laughs> starts. Uh, and Mr. Adam? Uh, F as well. Again, this just ends on a cliffhanger. You're barely trying to figure out what happened, and then it just died. Um, so. I'll give this a C because I still think it's fun and readable on its own, but I did want to find out what happened next. Um, so I, I bought it. So I'll find out soon. So for <laughs> writing for uh, Brendan Fletcher. Brendan Fletcher. Uh, okay. Is that right? And then the other two are the artists? Yep. Okay, Brendan Fletcher. Yep. Um, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm going to stay with a C. Like I said, it didn't really stick with me. It's going to be something that I won't think about probably after today. Not, it doesn't have any real lasting impression on me, so I'm going to give it a C. Uh, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm going to see as well. I mean, as we've discussed more about the book, I mean, I do like how they presented the character uh, with her being a person of color and queer. And again, not making it all about that. It was just a facet of her life. But at the same time, for the first three or four, maybe even almost into the fourth issue, I just didn't care. Okay. Uh, and the the writing definitely didn't hold up to the, the art. Um, I'm going to go with a B. I actually really like the writing of this. I thought it was an interesting story. I mean, there are a few tropes in there, but I think that some of the, I think as far as the world building goes and having a character who checks off a lot of boxes on uh, different minorities without it feeling clunky or unnatural, I think you did a really pretty good job on that. So um, I will do that. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your grade? Uh, mine is a B plus as well. I, I really like the relationship between Dom and Lola and Dom and her father. Uh, and I uh, am excited to see how the world be- will world building continues. Cool. And uh, Mr. Todd. I'm going to give this a B. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think the characterization and the relationships were fantastic. Um, but back with a bit, the valid concerns about pacing as much as anything else being the challenge and a bit mm-hmm. jarring here and there knocks it down to that B. But it's um it's a whole lot of fun and I just wanna keep going. So cool. Um and then for art for Cameron Stewart and Babs Tar, 
what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, for the art, I'm going to give it an A. Um, not only, partially because I'm a little biased because I love Cameron Stewart, um, but it's because he's that good. Uh, everything from the action to the facial expressions to just about everything in this book. This is kind of what kept me going while reading the book when I wasn't, we'll, we'll say, wasn't into uh, a good chunk of it. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd? You know, it's an A. The um, art is just so much fun to watch, and it's 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 like it's kind of like a John Wick of John our Wick. John Wick. <laughs> With that being said, there is nothing like truly groundbreaking. They are just taking things from everything else, but it's so stylishly and confidently done. You're like, I'm in for this ride, and it was um, just so much fun there. So yeah, it's an A. Cool, uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, it's an A for me as well. I mean, we, we could go on and on about the arts, even though it, if it doesn't do anything new, it does what it does extremely well. So I love it for that. Um, I also love the art, so I'm going to stay with everybody else with an A. Mr. Adam, what is your grade? Uh, a as well, for all the same reasons we said. I mean, the art's fantastic. It's evocative of uh, you know Akira and other classic stories. And uh, again, if, if the writing would have been up to snuff with the art, I'd be in a much different place right now. So... Um, and then for final overall grades, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm going to go with a C. Again, there was nothing special about this book. There were some interesting plot points that were just kind of introduced to a point where it was kind of I already checked out. I did enjoy the way they portrayed the main character. And as we said, the art's fantastic. And while there is an interesting hook at the end, uh, it just wasn't worth the journey to get there. So I, I really don't plan on reading more. So, but it's not bad. It's just it's kind of meh. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the art was really fun, and I thought the story was pretty good. But I'm going to go with a, a solid B. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is your grade? Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus. Um, the plus is for the art. I've kind of said everything else I need to say about it. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'm just sticking it with a C plus. Okay, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? It's a B plus. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Had a great time with it. Um, there's more to read, and I enjoyed that too. So, B plus. And Mr. Jason, uh, I'm actually going with an A. Uh, I, I I think it's a great story. Um, uh, the representation of, of uh, Dom and Lola's relationship is really good and really important. Um, and there's not enough of that. And uh, yeah, and I think that the pacing issues uh, from what we were talking about earlier should be addressed if they're no no longer going to be contained to 22 pages. Okay, so that'll be the real, that'll be the real quick test. Yes. Yeah. Um, that gives us a GPA of 2.92, which is just barely under a B average. Uh, so it's a C plus. Sorry, no, it's a B minus, um, almost a B average GPA, which is pretty indicative of what we actually had to say here. The averages mm-hmm. don't seem to lie. Um, so what are we doing next week? I don't have that in front of me. Is it, is it a Joy Ride? Oh, okay. Or is it Cosmic Ghost Rider? I don't know. I'm going to look that up real fast. Cosmic Ghost, Cosmic Cosmic Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. By Johnny Cates, yep. Thanos, Thanos must die. Baby Thanos must die. Yeah, baby Here's Thanos. It's it's isn't it the sequel to his Thanos run? No, no idea. Oh. I'm, I'm we, pretty we, sure it's because yeah, that's where Cosmic Ghost Rider was introduced in Donny Cates's Thanos wins. Thanos wins. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure it's a sequel to that. Okay. The honest fact is, I don't think anybody's read this, so we're all going to be surprised by what it is. But I'm, all, but I'm also sure that they'll tell us what we need to know if you. Yeah, sure. 
And it fits our theme because we saw the word Ghost Rider, and it's like, he's always on a bike. So if there's no yeah. bike in it, screw you <laughs> guys. We totally Rider. fucked up. He's yeah. always on a bike. And spoiler, spoiler alert, Cosmic Ghost Rider isn't who uh, you might think. Oh. Yeah, it's on the back of the book. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah. then I'll say it then. It's the Punisher. Yes. Frank Castle. Oh, really? Frank Castle yep. is Cosmic Ghost Rider. Huh. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Things you learn every day. Well, cool. Does anybody have any recommendations for this week? Uh, I do. I have three. Uh, Two of them aren't in front of me, but I'm going to continue on with my love of Cameron Stewart. Uh, Unfortunately, this also means my love of Grant Morrison as well, because they work together a lot. Hey! Uh, Hi, Adam. Check out Batman and Robin Volume 2. And that's that's when Dick Grayson was Batman and, and with Damien as Robin. Uh, and then also check out the seven soldiers. I think they only have them in like the, either the omnibus or the two, uh, trades, but the guardian, uh, or I think it was called the Manhattan guardian mini series in there was Cameron Stewart. And then right here in front of me, uh, I have a book that I'm going to show to Todd here in a second called sea guy, (laughs) which is really, really weird and trippy. And I'm just going to read the back of the book and, and let you, uh, Make up what you think it's about for yourself. A lone superhero in a perfect childlike world that's made his profession obsolete. Sea Guy has only a floating, cigar-smoking tuna and the cool blue glow of endless TV reruns to keep him company. When his burning desire for a taste of romance and adventure leads to the naive young sailor into an unexpected epic quest across seven seas and the seven skies, he soon learns that the awesome secrets of the universe come with a correspondingly terrible price. In this time of complacency, all-knowing cartoons, and all-seeing authority, is it worth losing everything just to learn what's really going on? <laughs> it is a book that you should probably be on drugs to uh, to read. And there's two vo- there's two volumes of it, and a third one that's supposed to wrap it up eh, when they get to it. Gotcha. One of those. Still waiting. Still waiting on American Jesus Volume Two, Mark Miller. Fuck yeah. you, Mark. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations? I do. I've been reading Morning Glories Academy by Nick Spencer lately, and it's uh, it's a very prestigious prep school people got into, and then they figure out they all have the same birthday, and wackiness ensues. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend a tattoo parlor in California, for those of you who are out here. Uh, I got a new tattoo last week, and I think it looks really good. Um, it's called uh, Eric Maskey's Classic Tattoo. It's in downtown Fullerton. Uh, for those of you who follow tattoo shows, uh, Tim Hendricks, who has appeared on Miami Inc. and New York Inc., and he's been a judge pretty much almost every season of Ink Master. Um, he shows up quite a bit. He owns that shop, so I kind of went under the assumption that if he will vouch for these artists, I'm sure they're very good, and I was definitely not disappointed. I am very happy with the work that was done. I got my tattoo done by Bucky there, uh, but I'm sure that they're all fantastic. The, so if you're the looking, Winter Soldier? Yes. Bu- <laughs> Bucky the Winter Soldier did my tattoo. The funny thing is is that I got a, uh, I, for those of you at home, I got the symbol of uh, Klovieski from uh, the comic book uh, I Kill Giants uh, tattooed on my forearm and uh, it's uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with it but they were all like I don't know what that symbol is and I'm like well I'm gonna have to ex- I'm realizing now that I'm going to be explaining that comic book I'm like I'm a walking advertisement for that comic book for the rest of my life I'm very okay with that because I love that book but uh, it's uh, it's kind of funny it's, it's my own personal little geeky tattoo that I really love but uh, so yeah so I that parlor if you're looking for a good one in uh, Southern California uh, I would highly recommend they're also not far from Disneyland so if you happen to come out to visit the park and then you wanted to go uh get a tattoo done while you're there 
not a far drive down Harbor Boulevard to get there. So, uh, Mr. Jason, do you have any recommendations? Uh, it is a horror novella by the author Sarah Grand called Come Closer. That's about a young woman who slowly becomes possessed by a demon. And the, uh, okay. the book is going to be adapted into a movie by David Slade, uh, who did the feature mm-hmm. Hard Candy a few years ago and has done episodes of Golden Mirror and well, Hannibal since then. One of the most uncomfortable movies I've ever watched. Yep. Oh, yeah. Didn't David Slade do, like, New Moon of the Twilight Saga? Uh, I don't know. He might have, but... We, we don't talk about Fight Club. Dude, everybody <laughs> I think he might have somehow. Right, and did he also do Max Payne with Marky Mark? I don't know, actually. We don't speak of that movie. that's just floating around my head because he did 30 days of night yes he did we don't speak of that movie apparently you're a big david slate fan apparently so uh he did do eclipse okay uh and he also he also directed (laughs) i see them (laughs) he also directed the black mirror bandersnatch yep oh So he's done one good thing. He's done episodes of Hannibal, too. Yeah, that was a slick show. I enjoyed that. Mr. Adam, do you have any recommendations? Uh, Yes, this is a uh, video game that's been out in Steam for a while. Uh, It's Divinity 2 Original Sin. It's out on uh, consoles right now. Uh, it's just it's a top-down action RPG, kind of like Baldur's Gate or, you know, one of those type of games. Uh, What's really unique about it is that you can do two-player split-screen, which Mm -hmm. most RPGs don't let you do. Uh, and then the thing was that the the game is really optimized for PC, but they made it work for consoles with controllers instead of a mouse and a keyboard. Uh, basically, there are these. Uh, I'm not very far in yet, but I'm far enough to know that the basic plot was that this woman is like a magic person. She destroys a bunch of people, so they round up all these people with gifts. And you're on a ship going to like the slave colony to be put in this prison forever. And your ship gets attacked by a kraken, and you've got to try to escape. And it's one of those cool games where you know there's you can create your own character. You can choose a pre-made character that has a story, a background story. You can still change how they look, and all you can still customize everything about them, but who they are. And so, like for instance, I'm playing with Clark, and his character is this guy who looks like Ghost Rider, but his thing is mm-hmm. he's undead. So if you try to heal him, it hurts him. But if he walks through poison, it cures him. He looks like that character from the PBS show with the kids where they solve crimes. Yes, through exactly. Them. The little black dot with the lines of the tree. Yeah. Um, and it's like a turn-based, uh, when you go into battles, like turn-based strategy and stuff. But it's, so far it's really cool. We're only on the first island, but there's just a ton of shit to do. Like, uh, some characters can talk to animals. So I talked to this dog who's all sad because his uh, his mate of the last 52 years, you know, in dog years, uh, disappeared. And so he's trying to find him. So you go look for her. And it's it's been a lot of fun. So it's definitely one to check out. I think you can pick it up right now on sale for like 30 bucks from like GameStop or Best Buy. So... Uh, it looks like it has probably at least 100 hours of gameplay in it. So. Cool. Nice. But don't get the first one. The second one's the good one. The first one sucks. Cool. Uh, well, then I think that that will do it for this week. Uh, so next week, join us for Gotham. No, sorry. <laughs> Cosmic Ghost Rider must, uh, Baby Thanos Must Die by Donny Cates. Um, until then, thanks so long. and No, so, sorry. So long and thanks for all the fishes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Try and get some sleep. Oh, my God. Thank you for joining us. Please read us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens.